thank you so much for just letting me do this. And it's an honor to be before all of you. And as a graduate, I know I graduated a lot, it feels like a long time ago. Um, it is an honor to be able to speak um, to all of you. And uh, NBC holds a special place in my heart. And uh, so it's an honor. So thank you so much. And I know much of what I'm going to share is probably a repeat um, to you. Uh, but I'd like to just uh, open us up in prayer and then we'll get started. God, we just come before you this morning. And God, it's been hard for me to even say your name and not start to cry. I'm thankful today, Lord, for the way that you see us, for the way that you look into our hearts, for the way that you work and move and bring life to us. And so today, we honor you. Today, we just take a moment to say thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in each and every one of our lives. God, let, it be a, God, let us be a fertile ground for your work, Lord. Let us be a fertile ground for your future kingdom here on earth. And so today, inspire us today, God, move in what God, you've given and placed on my heart, but I ask right now, Lord, that you would do even more, God, that you would speak through me right to the hearts of each person that's here today. We also pray today, God, for all that's happening in their lives, Lord, some incredible, um, some probably hard right now. I know there's a lot of hard decisions being made in the lives of people right now, and so we just ask that you would minister to them today, Lord. We pray against the enemy in the name of Jesus. He has no rights here. This is not his place. This is not his school. And so today, Lord, we cast him out in the power that comes in the name of Jesus. And today we pray that your spirit would move in a special way. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to share a little bit of the journey. I know most of you have probably read or heard it, um, but I think it helps kind of understand where I'm going to head in the scripture. Um, Anderson First Church, if, if you're familiar, is a tremendous church with a, a great history. And uh, I was able to come in almost two years ago and just kind of step into um, a really easy transition um, because of the, the church. And we've kind of been on a journey of really investing in our community in a different way, um, kind of a new way. We've really, our church is positioned beautifully. There's streets back and forth, and we're in the zip code that's considered downtown and uh, really a lot of poverty, hardship um, because of GM moving out. And so the area um, is a really, an area that really needs the Lord. Um, our church is a donut, you know, the church is here and everybody comes from the donut out, not from inside the donut. And so we've kind of taken that on as a mission field and uh, really have gotten down to where, you know, we're walking the streets where we're partnering with the people, um, not in a way that we're handing out, but in a way that we're grabbing a hold of their hands and walking with them. And uh, we have been gifted with properties down the street from the Blighted Program and so we have a tire park, a community garden, we're building a gathering, outdoor gathering space because of COVID. And it's just, God has just moved in a mighty way. And we just got through on October 4th. Um, we have been working a year on um, adding to the building. We're going to put a community center in. Um, a really neat building, a really neat project. God has just really blessed it. And, and we went way above what we expected in pledges, um, what we had projected. And uh, God just came in and moved in a way that, I don't even think that the board or leadership expected and um, the connections that we have through COVID we served. I felt like when COVID came, the Lord really impressed on my heart that yes, um, there are some restrictions when it comes to worship and changes we have to make. And, and I committed that we are not going to be the church that focuses on, you know, zoom and Facebook live and all that. And we're going to do that well, um, but we're also going to serve. And we did all kinds of things during COVID giving out essentials, you know, going to the hospitals and getting masks and food and, and delivering stuff and prescriptions and just really activated the church. And um, 
through that, we got a partnership with Dollar General, who now once a week gives us thousands of items that we pass out. And it's called Ezra's Essentials, and people can come and get essentials. And anyway, I say all that to say that um, as the Lord has moved in such a tremendous and smooth way here, I, I felt like um, my experience with COVID and what it what it did uh, to myself and my family, and 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 it's not. And if you know me, I'm a pretty humble person. I can be at home with my kids and family and never do another thing, and I'd be happy as a lark. Um, but I know that's not the call that God has placed on my heart, and that's not the mission that God has given me. That's part of the mission that God has given me. Um, but when I went through um, the COVID, it just felt like, and I don't know how to explain it, but to just say it, and, and that's and we're going to get to the scripture here in a minute. Um, every every moment of the battle. It got pretty bad within the first three days. I already had some issues with my lungs and was already on medication that I'm on for a lifetime. So that put me more susceptible. And uh, by the third or fourth day, when I couldn't move, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't do anything and, and had gone to the hospital and, and the hospital that I went to, you know, it said, well, now you've got double pneumonia and you have some kind of organism as well in your lungs and said, but we don't have any beds. And so we need to just send you home with this medication. You'll get better. Well, I didn't get better. And uh, by the time that my wife had called the ambulance, um, about 11 days in, and, um, you know, it was just one battle after another. And I, I felt such a peace in my heart that, you know, we preach about and we share. And then when something like this happens, you recognize that it's real. And so I recognize that the peace that, God's, that God gives us is real. I had a peace through the whole thing that I couldn't explain whether or not it went one way or the other. So anyway, get to the hospital. They don't have beds at that hospital to admit me. Um, then they tried two other hospitals in the middle of the night, and neither one would receive me because I was too far, you know, too far along in the process because they wanted to get me somewhere where they could put me on a vent, and uh, they didn't have any left at the hospital here across the street. And uh, anyway, uh, middle of the night, two ambulances said no. Um, they wouldn't take me. Two hospitals said no. Finally, the third hospital in Indianapolis said yes and took me. And it was within, when I got to that hospital, it was only about two and a half hours that I had the stroke. And so, and I remember, uh, you know, having all the symptoms and them running in and taking care of me and then I'd passed out. And I woke up and the nurse said, um, said, I know you're a pastor and I've been looking at your church when you first got in here. And she said, I really believe that, you know, it was only because of him that you, you know, are saved right now. And had I, you know, had we not pushed or my wife not pushed for me to get to a hospital and then it just started, it just the sense of what the enemy was attempting to do, God was stepping in every single time. I didn't know the next morning that um, our church had decided to pray from nine to 12 instead of worship. And I had told them when I went down, I said, you need to keep it about the Lord. This worship is about God. This, we don't need to put the focus on me. The Lord will take care of me. And well, they went behind my back, you know, and did their own thing and prayed that whole morning. And in the morning at 8.30, the infectious doctor came in and I was confused. And so I was in and out a lot of it, didn't really understand what was happening. And when I say confusion, not the normal, me being confused or forgetful, um, it was a different kind of confusion that I'm sure some of you have experienced. And uh, he said, you're just too far gone. We need you to sign the consent to go on the ventilator. They explained to me what that meant. He said, we're probably looking at a minimum of four to six weeks. And, and uh, he said, but there's nothing else we can do for you. The floor doctor who was in charge of this COVID floor 
said, we just can't do that. She said, this is a different case. We, we can't let this happen. She said, I feel something in my, in my spirit. And here I am in a hospital and there are these people that are learning about AFC and me. And I don't know how, cause I'm just laying there unable to even move. And, uh, I had gone back out and, um, by noon, the lady came back in the head doctor and she said, I'm doing it anyway. You're going to go on the meds. You're not going on the vent. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that the church had been praying, that people were praying all over and, and just didn't know. And even the medication, they, they and you're all familiar with the medication, but um, because of my blood type and something else, they had to have a certain plasma and they found that plasma downtown Indy. My nurse volunteered to go get it. She went and got it and the person dropped it on the floor as she was handing it to her and it busted. And so they had to call the person that donated that. Well, they couldn't come in until midnight, but I had to have it by five for, I mean, it just, and every time I could sense the enemy at work, but then the Lord would just bring an overwhelming like peace on me that, no, I've got this. I'm greater than this. I'm bigger than this. Like, don't worry. And, and I would just be at peace. Um, and so I say all of that, not, not to talk about the story, because there are so many COVID stories out there and miracles that are happening and, and some that aren't. You know, I have felt really um, just humbled that God would choose, you know, as I was moved from ICU a couple days later and, and going down the hallway and I looked to my right and just one vent after another. And I said to God, I said, why me? Why not them? You know, where are their hearts and what? And I have just had a new fervency to pray for, for those and to support those that are dealing with, with, you know, health problems and disease. And as a church, you know, we, we have to rally around um, our people and, and, not that we didn't do before, but I just understand what it means more now. And I know sometimes experience is a big factor in how we look to our ministry in the future. But I want to share with you something that God um, was sharing with me through all of this. There were two events in the Bible that the Lord just kept bringing back. And we had just done a series through Daniel. And uh, I was thinking about um, Daniel chapter 7, and if you want to look at it, um, but most of you are pretty familiar with chapter 7 and the vision uh, that Daniel had of the four beasts, and specifically the fourth beast, you see in chapter 7, verses 15 on, that Daniel turns to a bystander, and he says, hey, I don't get all these things that, that I've just seen. You know, they've made me nervous. They've made me, you know, question. I'm not sure what's happening in that bystander, and some would say it's an angel. Some would say it was the angel Gabriel, whoever you believe it is. The bystander that was there spoke into him and spoke the truth and explained what these um, beast meant, specifically the fourth beast, when you look at verses 15 and following. Uh, when you look at 23, it goes to uh, verse 23. This is what he said. And then he goes on to say, as for the fourth beast, I want to specifically look at, at, at verse 25. He shall speak words against the most high. He shall wear out the holy ones of the most high. He shall attempt to change the sacred seasons and the law. And this is the great part. And they shall be given into his power for a time, two times, and a half time. Then the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away. To be consumed and totally destroyed, the kingship and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the holy ones of the Most High. Their kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey them. The thing that, that the Lord kept reminding me is that he shall speak words against the Most High. He shall wear out the holy ones of the Most High. But 
Joe, he doesn't have victory. Because when it comes down to it, he shall sit in judgment. And the court and his dominion shall be taken away. It'll be consumed and totally destroyed. And when you interpret that, it actually speaking about him being put in a lake of fire shall be given to the people of the holy ones. And so I was reminded that, um, and let me give you a little bit of background so we know that this is kind of, this vision occurred probably between chapters four and five. It's during the years of silence. Daniel's probably about 85 years old. And, and, and I'm not 85 yet, but I felt 85. And so I feel like at 85, Daniel was probably just, you know, he'd been through a lot if you think about his life up to that point. And, uh, and so he had been through trials, he had been through stuff and life and, and battles in the enemy. And what an encouragement that had to be when he heard the interpretation of what was happening there and how, um, my goodness, you know, when it comes down to it, God's power is greater. Um, I also, when you think about that fourth beast, and just if you were to interpret some of the ways that it, it really shows us how powerful this beast was, a normal animal, two horns, he had ten. That would indicate five times more power. Um, so when we think about this and we look at this scenario, we're looking at a beast that is being interpreted as, and you can put it in whatever timeline you'd like to put it. I'm more emphasizing on the power that the enemy has. And yet with all that power, with all the ways that when you interpret it, you see how awful this beast is. God's dominion, his power is greater and he will slay and he will take care of and he will move in. And I love it when you go back further or before this, and it talks about the ancient of days coming to cast judgment. And we know in John and first John, it tells us that the ancient of days is the son of man who's been given all authority. And that's the avenue to, to God. And so, and you're looking at Jesus here again, coming on behalf of his people. So I, I want to just um, I have some notes here. I want to share as we get into some key things. Uh, when you look at this, um, the ancient of days, the son of man for the father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment under the son. Jesus, a son of man was given dominion. And I was reminded during this that my body, my being is his. It's not the enemy's. It's his. I've been committed to him. He is with me. And it was such a tremendous reminder and a reminder for the people of God that were praying. Um, his dominion is everlasting. It will outlast the kingdoms of the enemy. And we will all if we're found with Christ, be able to experience that everlasting kingdom. The kingdom of God will not be destroyed, but the kingdoms of the enemy will. And what a tremendous reminder for us um, through this. And uh, something that, um, just a couple of things in this, this part of the passage, um, the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom of God forever. Now, some of your Bibles probably say, saints, um, the word is Quadism, and, and I don't say those ever right, but um, Q-A-D-D-I-S-M. Um, it's an adjective to translate holy ones. I encourage the church when I was speaking to them, you know, I think sometimes we really humble ourselves in not a humbling way. I've been humbled in a way that just, I've told the Lord, I said, I'm just honored to do whatever it is to speak or to serve you in a way that's different than before. Um, having gone through that, seeing death, knowing the realization of what that feels like and how blessed we are to have life. Um, but we are the saints of God. We are the holy ones. If we're living with him, if we're experiencing him, if we're allowing him to envelop all that we are, then we are that. And we need to stand like that. And we need to go to God in power, in prayer, in movement. We don't need to be 
humble in the way that, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to, or I'm not really equipped for, or no, we need to go in power. God tells us that we have his power with us. And if his dominion is an everlasting dominion, then we have that dominion in us and we need to share that dominion. We need to be bold. And I'm telling you, I thought I was bold and I thought, but I'm not. And I'm going to do more and I'm going to stand more. And I'm encouraging my congregation. Guys, we can't go in the humbleness that we thought. We need to go in the humbleness that we always are saying that this is because of Jesus, not because of me, not because of the self, not because of my, it's because of him that I stand here today. I also think in this key message here as, as let's just say Gabriel or, or, or the attendant is speaking to Daniel, um, we look at the Hebrew and it's talking about setting apart. He was clearly showing that the kingdom of God and those that stand with him are set apart. And all of you know that better than most, that we are set apart. And what are we set apart to do? We're set apart to stand with the will of the Father. And as we stand with the will of the Father, we go out with the power of the Father. Um, we also know that the people of God have a far better future, which you're all well aware of. But that's something that we need to speak into the hearts of our people, into the hearts of those that we minister to. I also love the repetition when you translate it that, he talks about forever three times. Well, I believe that that's a reference to the Trinity. It's a reference to the third day. I mean, there's so many beautiful references there that he was already giving Daniel to give to the people, to give to us, to remind us that he's got a plan. He's going to take care of the enemy. He is going to go to the cross. He is going to, and the power that comes with that comes through the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, together moving in and through us. And so just a beautiful reminder. And, I, and all of you know Daniel well enough to know chapter seven well enough, but I want to give you, when I look at this um, and I look at what was happening, it's tremendous to see the chaos that was brought by the beast. Just chaos after chaos after chaos, destruction, uh, when you look at that. And yet when the Lord comes in, the chaos goes away, the peace comes, the judgment comes. And following that, there's this beautiful peace. And it's a peace that I had, and I, some of you may know the journey that we had with Charlotte. We had a micro premium. This that we've gone through is pretty similar to that. And, you know, she, she died twice. We had to resuscitate her and on and on. And now she's a beautiful five-year-old that, um, but I remember that piece that I had then and the piece that I had now. And um, the only time I really cried and I set myself off and they had to put me under was when I thought about my five girls, my wife and my four girls, you know, going through life without me. And uh, that was the only time I really lost my peace for a minute and said, wait, this can't happen, God, like they need me and I need them and, and uh, got myself so upset that they put me under and said, you can't do that because I couldn't breathe. And so, um, but that was the only time. But I remember God, even in that moment saying, hey, relax, I'm with you. I've got this. And, and um, so I say all of that to say that when I think about the fact that this idea of the enemy shall wear you out. So when you think about 25, he shall speak words against the Most High. And obviously that, I feel like, at least in my lifetime, has been an unfortunate thread in the last couple of years. Even more so this year, I feel like Christians are, are getting a bad rap. We're no more for what we're against and what we're for. And here at our church, you know, COVID has really even attracted some of the, the mayor and and some of the representatives in town that are not Christians that don't believe that have come and partnered with us and said, 
we just don't see this often. We don't see this type of like stretching of a church to reach and move within the community, not just for one day, but every day and every week. And, and I feel like um, when you look at the second part of that, he shall wear out the holy ones. Now, if you all were honest with yourselves, because I know you're um, longtime partners with the Lord, um, this year has caused some people to be worn out. As I talk to people that have been in the faith for a long time and they're changing Thanksgiving plans, they're changing wedding plans, they're changing, I mean, it just seems like every day there's a new change. And, you know, today we decided that our family is going to split, they're going to stay home and some are going to, mom and dad are going to stay with us. And it's just, we're all having to make changes that if we were honest with ourselves are wearing us down. And I felt like when I sat in that hospital on Sunday and it had gotten to the place where they, they didn't even want me to move. They had tied me down because every movement caused me to drop. I thought, you know, the enemy is not going to wear me out. I am with God and he has a purpose and I have to stick with this and I have to stand with it. And I, my encouragement to you is that as you are in, because all of you are serving him in a very special way, do not get worn out and be reminded as you go on to read the scripture that the kingship and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to his people. And that means that that same power, that same dominion, all that he's talking about here shall be given to you. And so I would encourage you today that if you're honest with yourselves and, and where you find yourself today, that God has a tremendous amount of power that he wants to give you, allow you to be a part of and allow you to go out with. And for me, this was a great reminder. I know it's an odd chapter for the Lord to bring to my heart during that time, but I've always been so impressed that the enemy does wear us out at times, but he does not bring us down. He does not have the ability to destroy us. He does not have the ability to kill us. He does not have that power. God has that power. And as we stand with him in that power, we will be victorious at the end. And so that's my encouragement to you. The last thing I'm going to say is that um, another, another event in the Bible is when the four men um, bring the paralyzed man to the roof. And, and I've always been intrigued by the words that Jesus used, which that that man was saved, both physical and spiritual, by their faith. It does not say by his faith. And I thought to myself as I got out, you know, God, I didn't know that my church was praying from nine and I got the news at 830 that I was going on the vent. And the one doctor said, He's not getting meds because he's past the window. We can't waste it. And come to find out later on when the doctor came back to me, she said, I really pushed it, but the government, it's government guidelines because it's government given meds. She said, you'll never get a bill for those meds. She said, you get a bill for us, but not for those meds. And, uh, you know, she pushed that. And then when I found out that there were thousands of people praying during those, those three hours, I knew that it wasn't her. She was using, being used by God because of the prayers of the people and I couldn't pray. I couldn't even stay awake, and they were putting me under because when I was awake, I was confused. And, and so it wasn't by my faith. I didn't even, wasn't really even aware at that time. And so I, I just, I've been holding on to that, that we as the people of faith, Jesus turned to those four men and said, by your faith, he shall be healed. And church, because you're the church, my goodness, what a tremendous reminder for us to be each other's advocates to the Father. So thank you so much for letting me share and, and be a part of your chapel. And it's an honor as an alumni to be able to do this for all of you.